Don't forget to check out our website, HockeyHurts.com, and check us out on Twitter, at Hockey underscore Hertz. Additionally, you can follow Cameron Walsh, at Walshy66, and Ryan Wilson, at Gunner Stahl. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of the Hockey Hurts podcast for March 2nd of 2015, the NHL trade deadline. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Walsh. And pretty much today we are going to get through as many teams as possible and discuss all the moves that have been made in the last, uh, we'll say, two weeks or so um, and, and try to cover off as much as we can because the content, on, uh, given how many moves have been made, uh, there's a lot to get to. So without wasting any time, we're, uh, we're going to start off with the Eastern Conference and, and work our way down the, the standings and then and then get to the the Western Conference. So, uh, first team, I believe, Montreal Canadiens, top of the conference. Yeah, I think their best move was the Smith Pally move, to be honest. I know people were big on, on getting Petrie mm-hmm. um, because people are worried about their back end, but I still think um, Smith Pally helps out their, their forward depth up front. They've struggled to score at times. And Carey Price is going to need some help in the playoffs. Yeah, um, Smith Pelly plays about uh, going to probably play a bottom six role for them. Seacak wasn't going to be that guy for them. At least they didn't feel so. So you switch them up. Uh, I believe Seacak had a mint saucer pass to Corey Perry for a goal last night, flashing, oh, flashing his skill. Um, that's worked all right for for um, the biggest winners of the entire thing, which is great. Uh, I I love the the Petri deal for them. It's uh, yeah, I, I can appreciate that aspect of it. I I fully understand why. They're getting a top four defenseman for basically a second round pick and a fifth round pick in a market that was pricey seller's market. So they did great there. Um, that's really going to help on the possession front, which they're not terrific at. So anything they can do to improve their possession while having carry price, um, I think that's pretty good. So overall, uh, I think Montreal made themselves better without uh, giving up too many assets. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Bergeron's proving to be quite a quite a good general manager, to be honest. Yeah, so they got better. Um New York Islanders, I think uh, yeah, I, what they didn't have to do much. I mean, they're, no. they're already really good. So the Neuwirth trade, is that lack of confidence in Halak to actually stay healthy? No. And they want to have someone that's, there? That's the fact they got rid of Chad Johnson, who's awful this year, and got a good backup. So it's just an Abokov thing again. It's just No, it's the Sabres selling low. Because they just they're like, please don't ruin our year. Yeah, <laughs> have this guy. Well, just just well, take him. We'll take your bad goalie. So we have two of them. That that makes perfect sense for Buffalo. I, I couldn't see any other reason to think differently in that that regards. It would be tragic if if Neuverth did that to them. I, I, uh, I mean, the they did get a well, yeah. I mean, they the did get Islanders. a conditional third round pick as well. So I mean. They've got so many picks. I mean, they got a second round pick for Chris Stewart for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. they're loading up on that stuff. I think the under the radar move for the Islanders was Tyler Kennedy, who um, 
he he's good at possession, not necessarily uh, great at finishing, but he'll take a lot of shots. He generates a lot of shots. But if he's doing that, that means the other team doesn't have the puck. I think he could be a useful guy on their fourth line. So it only cost them a 20, 2017 seventh-round pick. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey. Gus Snow did, did very well in, in that situation. He gave up peanuts for um, for a player that, if he's on their fourth line, really does fill out the deck. Although I think it switches to a third or a second round pick if they win the Stanley Cup. Uh, and you which pay I'm that sure cup. they're willing to pay. Exactly right. You get there and you go, not a problem. Not a problem. But the Islanders were a really good team to, to start with, and they solidified. The backup position, which was very bad, and got a depth guy. So um, I like what they did there. Yeah. All right. So the next one is the other New York team, the Rangers. I actually think they were the – for all the teams that are in the playoffs, I think they were the biggest winners in the East, to be honest. in regard, Like, they've got all in. There's no doubt about that. They've won in the sense that they've made their short-term – value increase the most Correct. or at least close to the most uh you're right they're all in keith yandel will help them a lot awesome at generating offense and um not great at suppressing shots but you know as good as he is with generating points and shot attempts it outweighs the the lack of ability yeah. there so usage for yandel would you just pair him up with someone that can produce and use them as just all that offense, or would you try and go for that balance in regards to offensive defenseman with a, a steady defensive defenseman? Um, what do you think? How do you think you'd like to handle that? Well, who's their steady defensive defenseman? That Everyone seems to think that it's Mark Stahl, but, you know. You know, I don't, just think, it's, I don't think it's wise to... to put two players on the same pairing that are bad at suppressing uh, suppressing shots. <laughs> I would put them with maybe McDonough. Just overload I it. I don't think they want to break up the McDonough, the McDonough and um, and Girardi pairing, to be honest. But we'll see what happens. I mean, it's the thing. There's 20 games to go for teams to work out what the hell they're doing. So um, this is where it starts to get fun, watching a whole other team. Came at a price, though. It did. It did. Their futures bear at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see how they go about. 2016 first rounder, 2015 second rounder. Anthony Duclair, who's a promising young forward. I think, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not going to beat up a team for going for it. Just that you, you have to make do when you, when you go for it. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of leaving yourself. Uh, in a bad spot. So, uh, honestly, Rangers are in for the next two years. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I have one reservation for going all in this year. Is that their most important player is out of the moment, and I've still not heard when he's coming back. Yeah, so that's, that's my true. biggest reservation there. Um, you know, he should be fine to play next year, but but not knowing exactly what where his health situation is. Maybe they do know, and they're going. He'll be back with, you know, 10 games to go or whatever, and we'll be fine to run, run our way through. But with, with Lundqvist not being set in regards to playing, 
that'd be my only concern with with going all in this year. Nice part about the the deal is Arizona taking fifty percent of the salary, so <laughs> that'll be beneficial for their roster building over the summer. Uh, minor part of the Rangers, no idea why they felt the need to ship out Lee Stepniak. He's well, I thought a I u- useful would... bottom six guy, but I don't know. I thought I read that he wanted to be wanted uh, more playing time, but I could oh. I could have read that okay. somewhere. Then about whether this, whether or not he gets that in Winnipeg, though. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. But he's on a one year deal. If he doesn't like where he is, he can yeah redo it all. It's the bonus. All right, so Tampa decides to deal in the middle of the night. Yep. And I think Philadelphia come out of this beautifully getting... I think they both do. Yeah, it's, it's a great trade for, for both teams, but Philadelphia have, have really given themselves a, a, a chance to rebuild on the fly, I suppose, just with some of the return that they got in that in that in that pick, but in that trade, but Coburn will do really well in Tampa, I would assume. Yeah, he's definitely a top four guy. Uh, trading a first and a third, yeah, a little pricey. That's that's the price you pay towards the deadline. But let's be honest, Tampa's an extremely young team with a lot of guys on entry-level contracts. They don't need to keep their futures as much as some other teams do, so why not spend it to shore up an area of need and, and go for it because that's the kind of team they are right now. So I really have no problem with it from either side. They both did pretty great. The thing is that they got back, Tampa got back a couple of second round draft picks this year and next year from Boston for Brett Connolly as well. So they didn't get there and just rip everything up draft pick wise that they made sure they do have some picks. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and with their forward depth, they can afford to to move a guy like that. So, um, well well done to Tampa. They they certainly did nothing uh, this deadline to to make you think that they're not going to be one of the favorites yeah. in the Eastern Conference. So, no, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Detroit, the Eric Cole trade was an interesting one. For me, I don't think a lot of Eric Cole, but I haven't exactly gone and checked his underlying numbers to see whether it's just a perception that I've got and the fact that I think he's slowing down and his production's not high enough. He's, but, he's kind of blah. Well, if there's anywhere he can go and become unblah, it would be there. He hasn't scored a playoff goal in like 38 games or something crazy like that. And then what do you think about the Zidlicci? That, that I've been looking for them to do for how many weeks now? Yeah, I know. Look, you you, you thought it was going to be Sakara, but like you said, it, I suppose either or with of those two players, but that's um, that's concerning for the rest of the, the Eastern Conference, to be honest. Yeah, um, they needed a puck-moving guy. They got it. Uh, man, I worry about Detroit as somebody who follows... Uh, another Eastern Conference team very closely. They um, they're going to be really really tough out. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I like what they did with Zidlicki, Eric Cole. Eh, you know, whatever. I don't think he'll make too much of a difference unless he gets on a little hot streak with the shooting percentage. But um, Zidlicki makes them better, makes them scarier. Um, so 
they did well. Dallas got got a, a, a nice little return back for that, considering that you know they've fallen out of the pace for the playoffs mainly because well they've got injuries and their back six weren't great anyway. So um, you know they've got a they've got a chance to fill some holes with with some extra space. So that'll that'll help them out. All right, so Pittsburgh. Well, they did really good getting Daniel Winnick because they certainly needed a bottom six improvement, and he is certainly going to be that possession player, uh, decent enough hands, ability to win puck battles. We saw it in his first game, down low, below the goal line, makes a nice pass out front to Downey, goal. Um, I think that's a really nice acquisition. Um, do you agree? I've, I've got nothing to add to that. I think that's perfectly fine. I, you've been you've been on that bandwagon for a while for for a player like Winnick or Santorelli or Bergenheim, all sort of fitting in that same um, slot in in the lineup. And um, I think you're right. I think it's a great pickup. The one that, that baffles me the most. Hold on, I'm not done with the Winnick one. They got go back. Yeah, okay, that's actually, yeah, it's addition by subtraction. That's a really good point. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. No, I, 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 I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. I just... Can't I, watch just, it? Just sucks the life out of you watching <laughs> hockey because there's just nothing entertaining about it. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say this. It was funny watching the Leafs-Montreal game and then following Twitter and some of the Leafs fans going, oh, it's great. He brings a brings an attitude and brings a, a feistiness about him. And it's like you can see the different expectations between what the Leafs fans have had to watch and go through and what Pittsburgh fans watch and what they want out of their team in regards to the style of play. So, it's, Well, that's... enjoy him. Enjoy him. It's just it's one of those things. It's, oh, you get there and go. That's you can see the different expectations in the two in the two fan bases at the moment. The thing, the thing that ticks me off about what Pittsburgh did over the deadline is they got there and got older on the back end, and they didn't have to. Yeah. They, and and they there's did. this really mm-hmm. weird warped perception that you have to have experience going in. I actually think the Penguins' age and experience and depth on their back six was fine. Um, but obviously management didn't. They went and got Ian Cole for Bortuzzo, and the one that really sort of jacked me off was the Despray Lovejoy trade with the Ducks. The Ducks did beautifully out of this. Yeah, they sure did. The um... I like Lovejoy as a, as a person. Like, you know, he became a bit of a cult figure from the 24-7 thing when he got whacked in the head. Blew up like a balloon. Um, he's a nice guy. He's a good quote for the media. The media are loving the fact that he's back. Um, but he's a blah addition in regards to what he can actually provide. Um, solid, the, solid bottom pairing guy. Very solid. It's, no short, it's a short. It's short term. It's a short term trade for a position that I think the person they traded away is a better player than him now. Anyway, that's all. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dupre has made Rob Skidari look like a very serviceable NHL defenseman this year. Um, 
He's got a little bit more risk in his game, but certainly the ceiling is higher. He's 23 years old compared to Lovejoy at 31. Um, Dupre will be making 900000 next year and will be an RFA after that. So you have so a cost-controlled control. potential top four defenseman. And, um, you know, seeing as though Erhoff and, and Martin are probably walks at the end of the year, you know, you can yeah, see how just, that could a find, little bit of a void. Yeah. I just find it a little baffling. I just don't I don't see the the benefit of that trade for this year outweighs the negative moving forward the next year and the year after. But you know, there's obviously something wrong with the spray in the locker room because it's two different management sets that haven't been happy with him. So there's obviously something that we don't know about um, that's affecting the way management look at him because I don't think his output's really dropped off that far this year like they've like they've said as the year's gone along. So, oh well. That's valid. It's, that's a valid point. Um, but we don't know. So No, that's right. Um, but I'll say this. It's not getting Doug Murray getting True. Ben Lovejoy. And um, Penguins' defense core still be pretty good as long as I... I hope they stick with Derek Pouliot. So we'll see what yeah, they do on that front. That's that's my big thing too, the usage there. But let's not get stuck on Pittsburgh. We'll, we'll move to, to Washington. Um, Washington, what did they do? Go, Glenn Cross. Well, okay. And Gleason as well. Yeah. Um, Glenn Cross, I think, overrated bottom six guy. Not good possession-wise, perhaps. You're hoping he gets hot offensively. Uh, I believe he went for a second and a third-round pick. Um, I worry about... Uh, who's the young guy on Washington that pl- uh, sometimes plays with Backstrom and Ovechkin? Kuznetsov? No, no, the, other, the B. Burakovsky? Uh, Burakovsky, yeah. <laughs> He's had an all right year. I looked at his possession numbers. They were pretty pretty solid in the 54 55 range if i'm not mistaken you know are we are you going to take some ice away from him by adding a glen cross and if so you know is is that really what you want to do i oh, look they may they may take him down getting to play the next 10 or 15 games down and bring him up and the minutes will change from there and there so he, he was with the big I, dogs uh, the burakovsky um the last game. Look, I like I watched him in the, the last game against Pittsburgh, and I, I think he's I think he plays the right style of game in regards to the way you know Trotz likes the game played, and he, he fits he fits into what they're doing this year. It would be disappointing if the whole he's too young to come and play in the playoffs thing bites another young player in the in the, on the ass and they don't play him. But we'll see. And as far as Gleason's concerned, his underlying numbers are the same as Brooks Orpik. And from where I stand, that's not good. Well, you know, they're happy with what Orpik's... Well, actually, you know what? I don't know if they are happy with what Orpik's giving. Because I, I heard a, um, a, an interview with Barry Trotz, and 
he basically got there and said, Brooks isn't here for what he gives us on the ice. It's for what he gives us off the ice. That's why we've got him. Uh, that's always it's always a good $30 million investment. That's, and that's, that's, <laughs> where, that's where the contract is a killer, is, is the amount of money and the length. So did Washington do anything else? Not, not that I can. Not I'll that tell I you what they didn't all. do, and I don't know if it was bad blood with Leonis, but I thought Jager was a perfect fit for them. Well, play with Baxter and Ovi. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. Still, though, he's got a couple of young kids to jump on the back of and play well yeah, with them. If you're going to so. acquire Glencross for the same assets that Jager well, yeah. costs, I mean, yep, are we, are, is that debatable? No, you're not going to hear me argue that. So I, I thought that was. I don't know if it's bad blood from when Yager had stink lines. Stink lines, <laughs> as far as for him, when yeah. during his Washington tenure, he he didn't live up to superstar billing when he was there. No, he got to he, it again for New York. But. Yeah, he got very pouty in in Washington. Very very pouty. So Boston. Yeah, um, well, we talked Brett Conley earlier with Tampa. That I, I do like that addition for them because he is an RFA. They'll have some cost control. I believe they also picked up Max Talbot. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, they did. He's, he, well, hurts me to say this, you know, Penguins and all, being Stanley Cup hero, but he, he's been below average for years. He's He's not an impact player anymore. He's not somebody I would... Target. It really feels like he's riding on that cup run. Well, he had a nice year with Philly, but that was 2011-12, so that's a few years ago now. Yeah. But Boston didn't do much, and I'll give them credit. They didn't go out and get Chris Stewart, so good for them. And the pressure's pressure's on for Chiarelli to do something. Like, you know, he's basically being told it's playoffs or bust. Um and he has every right if he wants to keep his job to to go out and do something. And he went, no. So he's now relying on this roster to beat Boston out for spot number eight. Yeah. Uh, to beat Florida for spot number eight. Yeah. Not much else to add, though, on them, no? No. No, no, no. I, 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 mean, big, I just think... Getting Krejci back is going to be their deadline. That's their biggest... But the team chasing them, Florida, the Fancy Cats, I mixed bag for me. Love, love, love anybody who picks up Yager. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just how it's going to be with me. He, he he scored a goal, 7-17, fifth, fifth overall in league history, tied with Phil Esposito. Goal 7-17, pretty impressive. Um, yes. But there are other parts of the, the Florida deadline stuff that it's kind of a balancing act. I understand they want to play their younger guys, but moving Sean Bergenheim for only a third round pick in the seller's market that it was. You're just thinking the return wasn't enough. No. And I'm, it's just disappointing that it got to the point where, you know, it couldn't work for them there because he's he's a really, really good bottom six player. Um, they also move out Thomas Fleischman, who's who's okay. So they, it's almost like they're hedging their bets, aren't they? 
but they're doing well. I I can't get too <coughs> too critical of what they've done. Um, you know, they Fleischman gets a third round pick. They get Danny Heatley to bury him in the AHL. It's like whatever. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he's you know he's not gonna make an impact for them. But Yager is awesome, just in the sense that he is still really good. And just think about what that's going to do for Barkov, much like how it did for Giroux. Just having him around, I mean, that's great stuff for Florida. It'd be great to see them make the playoffs just to see Yager back in the playoffs, to be honest. Well, they certainly, I think, have the edge on Boston, I think. Uh, I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I it's. I don't know. I think Florida comes down to how many games they're willing to play Luongo through the next, you know, nineteen games that they've got left. I mean, they played Montoya against Tampa. I mean, they won that game, but on the back-to-backs, they they didn't play Luongo against Tampa. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they run that out to the end. I hope they make it. It'll be good for that market. It'll be interesting to see whether they can actually fill the building as well. Well, the building stuff is is what it is. All right, Philly are my winners for teams in the lower half of the yeah, lower you, half. Of yeah, the, I agree. And you touched on that, the Coburn first really and the well. third. That was pretty good. And they got a and they got a defenseman that fits what the fans like. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah, he's out for the year, though. Um, the other sneaky move they made, um, not sneaky, but they uh, traded Kimo Tiemann in to Chicago. So they got a, a, some futures with that deal, second round and a conditional fourth. So uh, if you're going to move, if you're not really going anywhere, which I don't think they are, you might as well get something. And it was nice enough of them to at least send him somewhere where he could win. I mean, I know that was his condition of coming back and actually getting on a ros- on the roster, but at least they found a spot for him to go that, you know, Chicago's got as good a chance as anyone, really. So it's it's nice to see. I'm just happy he got over the, the blood clotting stuff. Yeah. Which was nice. So, I yeah, I agree with you, Philly. Well, well done. Yeah, they did a good job there. Um, Ottawa. Did they do anything? If they did, it didn't feel like it was anything worth discussing, really. No, I'm just looking not. through. The... They didn't. And they, they haven't did done absolutely. anything all year. They're just a forgotten, useless franchise. They need a new owner. And I think that changes everything. I think Brian Murray is just handcuffed. You know, What a completely a... boring, uneventful, uninteresting franchise. Just tell us what you really think. Well, it's true. Do you, <laughs> do you seek out the Senators as a viewing experience? Um, I, I do occasionally because there's a couple of players on that roster. Carlson's that I do great, enjoy. but yes. And, and, and I like Mika Zibanejad as, as well, Turis and, and Bobby Ryan. Um, but you're right. There's not really anything there that makes you jump out and go, ooh, where are the Senators playing? So I, I get your argument. I, I get what you're saying. I do like Clark yeah. MacArthur. They did absolutely. What'd you say? I said I do like Clark MacArthur as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's 
that's it for for them. Um, How do they not move Eric Condra? I I have no idea. Maybe they asked for too much. Yes, Jesus. He's the UFA. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, whatever. Um, I suppose New Jersey. I think New Jersey did a really bad job here. Yeah, we kind of touched off on, you know, Yager, Zidlicki. That was their two moves. And um, I, I don't thought think they did they okay enough. on Yager. Oh, I still don't think they got enough back overall for the two players that they got rid of. I mean, unless they're suddenly going for the... Because those two players have been pretty integral in regards to what they were producing on the ice. And as Yager's ice time dropped because of the wonderful relationship he had with Adam Oates, they're... I don't think New Jersey's play has been particularly fantastic. So it's almost like they've gone in tank mode as well. As much as Lamorello doesn't want to admit it, I mean... Yeah, but going into tank mode this late, it doesn't do you any good. No, I know, but they've got a chance to drop down into that bottom five of the league, really. I mean, it's there for them to do it if they, you know... um... But even if they do, their roster's still littered with older players. They're, They're in an awful spot. For yeah, the, I know. For the, moving forward, it's bizarre where they're at. They're they're in that transitional period where they should be getting rid of contracts and, and getting rid of age, but they're not admitting it. And it's at least so, a three year process for them, and I'm not yeah. sure they've even decided to start it. No, that's that's what I mean. They're refusing to look at it that way, and it's a shame because they've got a fantastic goal goaltender that's best years are probably going to go to waste in their franchise. Ah, the Ryan Miller syndrome. Yeah, actually, it's not a bad way to look at it. Okay, Columbus, can we spend a little bit of time discussing what the hell is going on in this organization? <laughs> I give them an F. I do, I do not get it. It is baffling. They fail. They fail. And I know they've had a terrible year with injuries, but that doesn't mean you trade James Wisniewski and trade for David Clarkson. I, I know they did it because they want to say they've got an active roster player rather than Nathan Horton sitting there doing nothing. But this isn't getting an active roster player. Well, maybe for two years as a, a bottom six guy. How are you supposed to negotiate with Johansson when you've got David Clarkson making what he's making on the books? Well, they already did. So they're safe for a few years. <clears throat> By the way, that guy... Kicks ass. He's he's good. Yeah, I know. That's the that's the reality of the situation. Clark's uh, they got two Johansson. more years at four mil for Johansson. He's going to make about eight when it's and he said and done. Deserves, he deserves to ask for whatever he wants because they've got Clarkson's numbers will still be on the books then. Not only okay, so they have James Wisniewski, really good defenseman in my opinion, and they take in. Renee Bork's awful contract. William Carlson, a uh, you know prospect, and a second round pick. Like, are things so bad financially there? You have to get rid of one of your better defensemen yet feel the need to keep Jack Johnson around. Let's not go into the Jack Johnson. Yeah, but argument. you're talking a one million dollar difference, or one and a half million dollar difference between the two. It's night and day between the both of them. Yeah, I, I, I really like what Columbus had been doing moving forward. And then this deadline, it's like, what the hell? 
it just seems so out of character in regards to the way the the franchise was trending with their decision making. So someone had a complete brain fade. Well, the Nathan Horton stuff was very unlucky. I know that makes I, I get the I get the contract for contract. It's just it's just the fact that it was Clarkson. Mind you, there might not have been anyone else that would. Yeah, why not try Richards, Mike Richards, and see what happens there. That makes actually that makes much more sense. Although the length of that contract might be what turned them off there, but What's, Clarkson's is still. I don't know. Is still long. I'll give them some credit though. They did not trade Cam Atkinson. They re-signed him. So. That was good. Yep. That that was. I'll give him credit there. Uh, it's. I mean, we all know this year for them's a wash because of the injuries, but I don't feel like any of the things that happened at this deadline help them next year and moving forward. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's just how it feels. Yeah. Well, they'll be healthier next year. We'll see what happens with them. Just one of those can't do nothing about it seasons. Mm. So. Exactly. Carolina? Well, did well with Sakara, first round pick. Yeah. Um, did okay with Toulouse, but you know what? I wasn't really high on him as a, a rental player, so I guess that third round and whatever else they got for him was pretty fair. They did what they had to do. Yeah. Well, the other thing is they didn't do anything crazy either. No, they you didn't know? trade Jordan Stahl to Pittsburgh. Well, see, I would have been happy with that kind of crazy, but that was never going to happen. <laughs> might. Might. Uh, nah. I wanted it to when you start. Might. When, well, oh. Yeah, let's not get into any off-season stuff. No, I know. Now, yeah, t- Toronto did well because they got rid of David Clarkson, and they're going to eat five, $5 million oh, a year. Toronto did awesome. Good for them. Must be those you know? nerds. That they hired. <laughs> no, the thing is, though, see, now it's funny you get there and you say that about those nerds, right? I get that, that they're actually trying to change the, the way they think about hockey and stuff in that organization. But you didn't have to, you didn't have to be a stats nerd to know that you need, you wanted to get David Clarkson off your books. He's one I year into the deal. Yeah, I know, but to actually get him off, that's the thing. It's like they found someone that was willing to take him. Well, the guy so, that signed him still employed, so the people under him had to be had to make quite the convincing argument to Yeah, that's that's true. And look, this is an ego-based thing in management. I would get there and think it would be very hard to get someone to change their mind after doing after just signing someone one well, year I don't into what is it? Change his mind. Years? I think he's just powerless. He's out. Nonus is out. Yeah, look, I think so, but right now he's not, so... But they, um, aside from Clarkson, did well with Daniel Winnick with Pittsburgh, got good return. They got a good return there, yeah. And Santorelli as well. I know that was a little bit earlier, but... Santorelli, Franzen, yeah. First rounder, guys that weren't probably going to sign there again. Uh, I thought Toronto did well, opened up some money for them to play around with. Um... We'll see what they do with Finuff and Kessel uh, come summertime. I, I would, tr- uh, I, I could see an argument to trade in Kessel. He's at the apex of what he's going to be. He signed for a long time. His decline's going to start. 
Uh, depending on what you get back, I, I don't think it would be absurd to look to move him. But I, would, oh, I, I wouldn't trade up. him because intangibles or some other nonsense. I think he's. I think the decision on him comes down to what draft pick they get. Because if they do get one of Connor McDavid or, or Jack Eichel, you keep Kessel there. If they don't and they have to pick lower down and a defenseman comes up, I'd, I'd then say that they get rid of Fanouf and probably Kessel because Kessel's not going to be good when they need him to be good. He's going to be over that peak. I mean, what's the at the moment, you've thrown this out a couple of times, what's the, the average age of, of people's peak in their goal scoring? Like 21 to 25. Yeah, there you go. So he'll be out of that window um, by the time that they need him to be to be good. So, um, you know, I mean, OV is kind of um, bucking that trend, but there's always outliers on, on those things. So Kessel might buck the trend, but right now he just doesn't look interested in, in playing in that organisation. So we'll see what happens at the at the draft. No, but overall I, I, I think they did pretty good. Yeah. All right, so Buffalo did the right thing by their fans and got rid of their goaltender. Yep, got rid of Stewart for a second round pick. And That's got good. rid of Tory Mitchell. And uh, what else were they up to today? Uh, traded uh, Brian Flynn, bottom six guy to Montreal. Um, their big thing was the Vander Kane a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah. good for Buffalo. They're sticking to the plan. Tim Murray did yeah. everything he could to get them 30th. Now it's. It is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. He he certainly put on a perfect tank. He can't do any more. No, he, like, he literally is, can't. The coaching staff and the players are going to try and win. That's fine. I mean, if I was the coach, I'd be going, what the hell are you doing to me? Uh, but, he's lucky to be employed. I understand that aspect of it, but you do get there and go, come on. Look at what you're giving me. But they just work with it and... If, if I was a Buffalo fan, I'd be praying to God that they don't go on a winning streak. The, the great thing is they trade Enroth away. And they're like, yeah, you know, Noivert's okay. Then Noivert goes on the hottest 10-game streak of his career <laughs> and wins them games. So Tim Murray's like, all right, enough with this. Trades him away. So now Ted Nolan can't even lean on a goaltender because he's got Lindback and Chad Johnson and that's the worst goaltending duo in the NHL. So I just hope that it works. I hope that I do too. I, I, the, I'm I telling you Paris... most of Western New York uh, and the people I talk to are totally down with this and see the big picture. Only the um, newspaper writers with this, some kind of high moral code nonsense bullshit um, they can't get over themselves and what oh, you're not supposed to try and lose and it's like you know what the system's the system play the system yeah i mean pittsburgh did when there was a generational talent through then yep yep you're how just... else are you acquiring these players well you're not i mean that's oh i've said the, i've used edmonton as the example before they were terrible where there wasn't a generational talent going through uh, they were consensus number ones but they weren't crosby's they weren't the McGuckle duo, they weren't Ovechkins or Malkins or Taves players. They were just unfortunate. They they fell in that bubble where they're not generational talents. They're good players that they've got. Well, better than good, but they're not that superstar 
put a franchise on their back and run with them. And that's the unfortunate thing about it. So if there's any time to be bad, now is it. So screw the media. Not that Tim Murray cares, but it's like screw the media. (laughs) They're not. They don't give good insight. I promise you that. All right. Nashville. One team that did absolutely nothing. Switching conferences. Well, we've gone for you at the bottom of the east. Um, They didn't do anything. Didn't need to do anything. Well, uh, Franz and Santorelli for the uh, first round pick. And Ole Okunen. And some prospects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, look, if I was a Nashville fan, I'd be very happy with how they've gone about it this year. They've been under the radar. They kind of get ignored. The fact that they're the best team in the in the league at the moment, people sort of say, oh, Nashville are going great, but then they get the disrespect of, oh, well, they haven't been this good before. We'll just wait for the playoffs and see what happens to them. But they're set up really well to go to, to go on a run. I mean, uh, since Pekka Rene came back from his injury, he's been more human and less Pekka. Um, but doing that now isn't a bad thing. Um, he'll get his game oh, back to the playoffs. he'll be fine. He's, he's one yeah, of the few guys worth the money at that position. They lead the Western Conference in goal differential, plus 40. Uh, next best, yeah. St. Louis, plus 38. Then Chicago, plus 33. So they're... And I think, I think Chicago is the only team with fewer goals against in that, con- in that conference. So Correct. they're having no problems keeping the puck out of their net. So I don't think Peck is a problem no, at all. No. <laughs> so that's Nashville. Still looking very good will be a, a very interesting team to watch uh, in the playoffs. Anaheim. Biggest winners of the day, um, full stop. Yeah. Of the whole trade period, if you, we go back a couple of weeks, I, I think they do beautifully out of this. To, to get Wisniewski and, and to pray. Fleischman. Fleischman. Not for a lot. It's a catch. They got rid of the Heatley. Not that his contract was bad, but they, they pawned off the Rene Bork contract. That's 3.33 mil. That's still had one more year on it. It feels like there's always a team that you get there and go, how the hell did they manage to do what they did? They did it. And they've managed to do that beautifully. I mean, they were concerned about their back end and they managed to fix that hole. Um, they wanted someone that they could put up into the top six, and they think Yuri Sakach could be that. Um, Pelly Smith, they obviously didn't feel like was ready for what they wanted to get out of him. He'd sort of been up and down and around and backwards and forwards through that that roster all, all year. So that was a, f- a fair hockey trade f- for both clubs. Um, I just you tip your hat to to the management at, at Anaheim. They've done they've done so well. Yeah. That's going to be a tough team to get out now. Oh, I think they still just pray and hope that LA doesn't make the playoffs. LA's making the playoffs, so. Well, Calgary, you're going to. We'll get to Calgary. Yeah, we will. Um, yeah. So St. Louis. Um. Mixed bag for me. Well, they got Gotch for Lapierre, which was uh, good, in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotch has improved the fourth line's possession by a lot. 
um, since he's come over. So that's that's you know just a minor part of a deal, but um, getting uh, Zabenek McCulloch is a good move. They they traded. He's just gonna stay. A, he's just gonna stay healthy. Yeah, but he's a solid solid player. Um, you know Robert Bortuzzo. He should be their seventh. If he can stay their seventh day, they're doing really well. Uh, Ole Okunen. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> That's right, though. But they didn't need much. No. And they didn't ask for much or get much. So they're still a great team. Um, Chicago with Patrick Kane down. You know, that the door's there, open for them. Is their biggest acquisition going to be Kane coming back early? Chicago? Yeah. He's not coming back early. Well, I reckon it's 12 weeks, and I reckon they're going to try and bring him back early because he comes back early and he breaks it again, well, so be it. I don't know, man. I think they may be out of the playoffs in the first round if they play St. Louis. Well, St. Louis have got, you know, a bogey to get over there with Chicago, so we'll see. I mean, they got Kimo Timmon in, so you've got to be happy with that if you're a Chicago fan. It, it helps shore up their bottom their bottom six. Yeah, he's he's a great player. That's exactly that might be one and of the it, most under the radar kind of acquisitions that have been made. If you can if you can play him as your number five, um, because your top four is so good, that's fantastic for the for the Blackhawks. And if someone does get injured, he can slot up into the top four, no worries at all. I think he's a top four even on that team. Okay. Well, who are the Keith Seabrook, Chalmerson? Yeah, and then you're right. He's four. Yeah, you're right. He's four, and that's not a problem at all. No, he's a one or no. two. Yeah, that's that's not an issue at all. The the Vermette thing, ah, they didn't need to do that. Was that just a panic move because they lost Kane? Yeah, probably. And and truthfully. If Kane gets hurt earlier, maybe they go for a Mike Santorelli type. Yeah. But I think Sean Bergenheim would have been more useful to them than Antoine Vermette, to be honest. Are they, they're both UFAs, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like you're on the hook for, for extra if you're not sure. Yeah, okay. No, but a first-round pick for a very, very average third-line player, it just, it just seems unnecessary. Uh, if I were Chicago, I would have just uh, played the kids. It's, management still doesn't want to play the kids. There's still this perception that you've you've got to pay your dues for one of a better way to do it, and I I just I don't I don't see it. I don't get it. You look at LA, um, their kids came up big when they needed them to, you know, in the two cup years. So. You've, as you've always said, you've got to have people that are on entry levels to, to help you win. If you don't, it's kind of hard. Agreed. Winnipeg. Well, the pit, the Vander King stuff is big. 
That was a few weeks Sorry? ago. Sorry? That was a couple of weeks ago. But you get there, you go Stepniak and Toulouse. Helps out with their scoring depth, so... Yes. And not for a lot. That's probably the big thing. I mean, Sheveldayov's managed to keep... He's trading for NHL guys. Yeah, and keeping futures, which is something he's obviously big on. I mean, the big the big thing was the Drew Stafford, Tyler Myers part of... Uh... Yeah, no, that works out well for them. It gets rid of what was considered a cancer in the locker room, and, and they got NHL-quality players back. So, you know, tip of the hat for that. No, but Toulouse and uh, Stepniak, good good quality ads. Uh, they're in a dogfight in that Western Conference, and uh, it should be interesting to see how it shakes out in the playoffs for them. Do you, did you think that this year was playoffs or you lose your job for Sheveldale? Um, maybe. Because I, I, I think I don't think that's right. I think he should have been given next year as well. But it, it, some of these, you know, reading through some of the the fans and, and articles on it, it almost feels like the fan base were bubbling for the playoffs this year. Otherwise. It was going to get nasty on Sheffield Day of an ownership. So look, I think they'll make the playoffs, um, and that's a, it's a mute point. But he's actually finally started to make some moves. Yeah, decent ones at that. Mm, exactly. Well, um, I suppose Vancouver. Did they do anything of note? Uh, they made a, a, a late move. Oh, Bosch, that's right. Um, how do you pronounce it? Sven Barshi? Barshi. Sven. Calgary. Yeah, um, not bad. 2017 second-round pick for a prospect that kind of is stalled out in Calgary but has okay skill. Um, I, I don't have much else to add on Vancouver. They – when did they get – Corey Conacher. Oh, yeah, they did too. Here's and the, Adam Clendini here's the way deal. back. They're going to pass yeah. Calgary in the standings. And they're going to play L.A. in the first round. And you're basically saying bye-bye. Adios. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have much on Vancouver. Sorry to our Canucks listeners. Well, it's it's just one of those things. They're sort of stuck in neutral, I suppose. They've done. I oh, look. They've done better than I thought they would. I mean, they're hunting a playoff spot, and I wasn't really sure whether they they could or couldn't. And they've outperformed what I thought. So, credit to the coaching staff and the players for being much better than they were last year. Um, Minnesota, Mini. Bergenheim, awesome. Third round pick, yeah. mint, absolutely mint. What a helps what a out a very good possession team to be uh, deeper at possession, which is great. Already, yeah, like you said, already a good good possession team. Um, Devin Dubnik, a few weeks ago, the trade was awesome. <laughs> Third round be, pick, and it saved their year. It'll be interesting to see. He will have some regression. He is not going to stay at this level. It will be interesting to see 
where he falls back to, whether he falls back to just being an average goalie or whether he falls back to being a little bit above average. Because if they get average to above average goalkeeping, Minnesota, I don't think I want to play them in the playoffs. Uh, they also got Jordan Leopold with a cute note from his daughter yes. from earlier in the year. That's nice. Uh, but they also got Chris Stewart. <laughs> they could have just ended and, and been fine. They got they got greedy. Did they think they needed size up front? I don't. I don't. I just don't see. I don't get that. But you know, you can't get it right all the time. You can't be um, Anaheim. <laughs> nah, they did well. Bergenheim and Dubnik gonna have. They're gonna both have very good positive impact on a, on a team that was already good. Yeah, with terrible which is goaltending. But it's been fixed. Yeah. So. so Calgary, for me, was a smart day for them. And I think finding out what was wrong with Giordano earlier saved them from doing something stupid. <laughs> yeah, if they thought they were contenders, who knows what they would have gotten up to. And, the, and that's the thing. So having, you know... Their MVP and a guy that, if he hadn't got injured, would probably win the, the Norris, um, and rightfully so. Um, to have him out works out perfectly for Calgary. It means they don't move. They don't move any of the young talent they've got in their system. They don't move any draft picks. Well, they did. Um, well, it's family. To they got a second back in two years, though. No, so, yeah, yeah, you're right. But like you said, like you said, as, as far as it looked with, with Barashi, he um he stalled. So nothing wrong with, with shipping him off. They've got a second-round pick in a couple of years. Um, and if that's Vancouver's, who knows where Vancouver will be in a couple of years. So that could end up being you know quite a good pick. Good return it, for Glenn Cross. Yeah. Second so, and third, so... So they've, they've set themselves up to, to keep moving forwards without booing anything for a season that, you know, the fancy stats people think they were always going to finish outside the playoffs anyway. So, you know, as bad as it is for Giordano that he has to get that um get that tendon attached back on, um, it probably saved them from doing anything silly. Agreed. Did LA do anything? Deadline is? Sakara. Oh, that's right. They did too. How silly am I? I thought it was great. I, I, still, think, I still keep thinking he went to Detroit because you were on it so often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, great trade for LA. Yeah, yeah they correct. paid a premium first rounder. Yep. Uh, but here's the deal. Who? They're exactly the kind of team that should be trading futures for the now. They're... Stanley Cup defending champions with uh, equally quality roster this year. And all they have to do is get in. And who is going to want to play them? I don't believe anyone is going to want to be doing that. So they had a need, paid for it. Just didn't happen to be Columbus this time. <laughs> and. Um, I, I think it was well worth the cost. Sakara will do a good job for them. Uh, they're they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. They can still get Voinov back and have him in the roster, can't they? No, once... no, no. They delayed his trial today. So he's toast. Yeah, he's toast. Yep. 
I just well, I wasn't I hadn't heard that they delayed the trial. So that's all right. I get that now. I don't know if they'd want him. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe the king's asked. <laughs> <laughs> but um very nice job by LA. Fill the uh, yep. position of need. Yep. First rounder, whatever. They don't need him. So. No. Alright, so San Jose ship out Tyler Kennedy and Shepard. Um, where are they going as a franchise? Um, I don't know. They're in a tough spot. They just don't seem to know what they want to do or what they want to be. I mean... They did, they did acquire Ben Smith. Yeah, that's Chicago, so. Which fills Shepard or Kennedy. But um, no, they shouldn't have been too active right now. Because what were they really going to do? No, I wasn't suggesting they, they needed to do something. It's just one of those things where they just seem stuck in a rut. John Scott was a UFA. People trading for him. Yeah. Their goaltending is blah. Their, that, their yeah, stars where, are older. That's where I thought they might have actually gone and, and done something, but they may have tried to, to move Niemi and no one had an interest. So, you know, it's one of those things where we sort of never know. Yeah, they weren't active today, but they're in just that bad, mediocre spot in the standings, so... They had a mediocre trade deadline. I mean, their their home stand of I think it was one and six they had at home or something like that. Um, absolutely destroyed their season. Two seven and one in their last ten. Yeah, it's just at the wrong time of the year. It's a massive hole to try and drag yourself out of any time of the year, but to try and do it now, it's just uh, you know it's just made things really tough. Yep. So, with Colorado not moving Ryan O'Reilly, are they going to be able to sign him? Well, that remains to be seen. Well, they don't have to sign him right just yet. Still got one more year. He's not a UFA. He's an RFA, isn't he? No, he's he's got one more year. Oh, tied up for two years. I've got you. Um, you know, they didn't do anything other than trade Talbot away. They're just not he's a good team. No, I know. And like you said, non vezina goalkeeping this year is what's <laughs> what's found them out. So, you know, sorry, Avs fans. I don't have much to add there. You're just kind of there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's like Calgary is the, the Colorado this year mm-hmm. in regard that their numbers just, they aren't getting the... Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, they're riding a PDO wave. Yeah. yeah. So, Dallas. You know, they did what they had to do. They got uh, UFA and Eric Cole, got a, a decent return. Uh, losing Sagan killed them. Yeah. Moving forward, they'll have to, to really look at their defense core and try to figure figure that out. But that wasn't going to happen right now. Even if it did happen right now, I'm not sure it would have done them any good. 
You warned me at the start of the year when we made our predictions that their decor was going to be a problem and proved true before. Well, I had them in the playoffs, and uh, they're not. I had them winning the division. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You said I was crazy at the time, I remember. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I kind of feel sorry for Dallas. I mean, their season was basically toast when Sagan went down, and they're, you know, what are they? 18 points ahead of, ahead of Edmonton, and you go, they're not going to collapse enough for the end of the year to sort of not end up in that annoying draft pick area where you get someone, but it's not low enough to get a... A little bit know, of bad luck like Columbus, though. So, Well, Columbus have fought their way out of a hole. Dallas are falling in one. It's amazing, the perceptions. In the, and they're probably going to end up around about the same spot. Dallas tried. They traded for Enroth middle of February, and then Sagan got hurt. So Wait, that was well, that. Was that. Superstar yeah. center goes down. There goes the ship. Plus, they That's lost Nachushkin way early in the year. And I, well, think he was done, gets, he was I think that gets forgotten, done, too. Yeah, he was done in October. And he's going, if he can come back from all that, that, well, that issue, he's going to be he's going to be good. Yeah, so... so. You know, you can't come. Hey, with Sagan going down, does that sort of show you where Jason Spezzer is in his career? No, not really. I mean, he's not a a, a one anymore, so I don't think that, it, that's that's what I mean. I don't think it shows him in a negative matter. light. It's just where he is. I mean, he used to be a top notch number one guy, and now he's a. A definite two. It's one of those things where you can't really. No, that's that's right. It's just it's just where he is. All right, Arizona seem to be doing a very good Tim Murray impression. Tim Murray may be jealous of the impression. <laughs> They've got rid of everybody. Dubnik to start in January. Uh, you see. Vermette. I mean, I, I know I said Vermette was a, a very average bottom six guy, but very average is an improvement on much of the Arizona roster. So, who else? McCulloch? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Zabenik's moved on as well. So, it, it's almost like, it's funny, Arizona and Buffalo look like they've deliberately gone out of their way to get worse. Mm-hmm. Edmonton's in a situation where they should still be trying to be worse, but because of how bad they've been for as long as they've been, they kind of can't afford to keep being bad, even though they should be. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it'll be Arizona and, and Buffalo that are tw- 30th and 29th. Agreed. And then that leaves our friends Edmonton. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Patriot tried early. Yeah, that's all they really did, and I was underwhelmed by what they got back considering the market. It just follows teams around, doesn't it? Yeah. And for, for me with Edmonton, it's one of those things where I look at it and go, being a great, an ex-great of a, a franchise doesn't make you a great coach or a great manager. You've got to get away from going back to that well. Yeah, they're they're stuck. 
until they get out of that rut. And I've listened to some interviews by Dallas Eakins since his firing. He's been on the TSN mm-hmm. Analytics podcast. He spoke at this at some other things, and he seems like a bright guy to me. Uh, so, not so sure he was totally the problem there. Just went wrong. Well, we've managed to go from 1 to 30. And in a timely fashion. Well done us. <laughs> I honestly thought we'd go over. <laughs> we usually do. Oh, no. Now, now that we've we've done all the, the trade stuff, is there anything else you, you want to discuss in, in particular, or um, are we going to tap out now? Um, do you got anything? I, I mean, we can cover up um, something. No, it'd be, be more Penguins-specific stuff, and we can do that in another podcast. I'll just say this. Very happy. I was very nervous that they were going to sell low on Bo Bennett, and they didn't, so... I'm I'm glad that didn't happen. I still don't know if that coaching staff know where they want to cast him in that lineup Just or what they actually cast him in the out. lineup. Don't bench him. You want to play some third, fourth, whatever. Just just play him on the right wing and and play him. Just right. And just stop telling him he has to hit everything. I know he's going into corners and just throwing body checks for the sake of doing so when I know he can dig in and, and win a puck battle. No, I, I don't know what's more important, hitting someone or actually getting a puck. I know, right? I'm, I'm not sure. So. Um, yeah, for me, it, it's just, I'm just a little baffled with the, the spray. I was really high on the spray, but obviously there's, there's something that management have seen that they don't like. Um, and they've got young guys coming through. They better play Pouliot the rest of the way. Yes, and yes, definitely. Better play, and they better play him with Erhoff. And in theory, Skideri should be the odd man out. Although Not I think technically... Happen. No, no, no. I, I know. I said in theory. I didn't say that that's going to happen. But that's... I think everyone else can see it apart from the coaching staff. There's obviously some locker room or experience value that they see that everyone else doesn't and it's just it's the way it is and penguins fans are just going to have to put up with it it's like craig adams it's difficult to see craig adams staying out of the lineup even though he has been yeah he's been out though and they've looked a hell of a lot better without him so we'll see where it goes for them they got a pretty big west coast uh colorado anaheim L.A. San Jose, all on the road. That's a great, that's a great measuring stick. That California run now, isn't it? The two SoCal teams are. Oh, San Jose's yeah. still all right. Colorado, geez, I hope they they got to win that on Wednesday. They should. I mean, I'd probably play Thomas Bryce in that game, but they probably won't. Yeah, we'll see. No. All right. Well, I think we should probably pull up stumps. We're push- yeah, that about does it for our, our trade deadline special. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where um, a lot of these trades, where they go from here. Um, some of the trades that we were high on today and, and speaking glowing, glowingly about may blow up in our face. 
And uh, perhaps Chris Stewart goes and scores 15 goals in the next month. <laughs> That's the thing, like you- you, you try to, you just don't know how they're going to fit into a new roster, and that's the the risk anyone takes when they make a trade. I think that's why um, Nashville not having to feel like they had to make a move now is is great for them. They've had the same roster for, you know, what is it? Basically, three at least three weeks. So they're going in knowing exactly everyone's role and exactly what they want to do. So that works out really well. Oh, I know one more thing. I I think. Um... One of the better parts of the trade deadline or trading in general now is is the ability to for the salary retention. Yeah, I think you mentioned that, that. Um, promotes more of these deals and and it, you know it makes it fun for fans and more interesting to follow around. It gives some flexibility that previously had not been there, which you're right because the one thing with the cap is it does make moving players difficult. So. If, Teams can't hold on to hold on to some coin and make it possible. Then it's good to see. Because Winnick to Pittsburgh doesn't happen without it. That's true. That's very true. And you know, probably a number of these other deals as well. So you know, I guess I suppose I'll I'll end on that. Thanks, guys. All right, trade deadline special done, over with, completed. Uh, we'll. Be back with another podcast in the very near future. And uh, until then, I'm Ryan Wilson. 